And welcome in. It is episode number 25 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark alongside Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And Aaron, we are doing a lot of things differently this week. Yes, we are. For for the first time, we, we can't see each other. This is weird. I, I want to see your face, and I can't see your face. It's probably for the best I'm doing this week's entire show naked. I mean, I, I guessed as much. Anytime you're by yourself, you, you're, you're naked, yeah, generally. It, it tends to be that way. Uh, the other big thing this week is that we are going guestless this week. And it's because, one, there's plenty to talk about. Um, and, two, because one of the things that we're trying to clean up a little bit is we've realized that some of our recent episodes have maybe gone, I don't know, a bit long. Um, just a bit. Just, just, just slightly. Yeah. So, but by the way, guys, if, if you have any critique like that, if you say, hey, we want it shorter, hey, we don't want to guess, we want to hear more of you, we don't want to necessarily hear guys, please email us or tweet us or whatever. We, we'd love to hear your feedback. You know, the other thing I thought about, too, is we should have pulled the audio from last week where I nailed it. Anyway, uh, we'll get back to that. Um, we're, we're, we're coming up on that. We're coming up. Don't yeah, worry. I think that's yeah, segment two. Yeah, it's coming up. Um, is it? Because I never got a rundown for this week, so I actually don't know what we're doing. But that's fun because we know what we're doing. We're talking about SummerSlam. Uh, let me tell you that this week's episode, of course, like all of our episodes, brought to you by WrestleCrate. Aaron, has uh, this month's WrestleCrate shipped yet? It has. Uh, I do not believe it has shipped yet. I have so not gotten the uh, the notification that I await so eagerly in my email box. But it'll obviously be coming within the next couple of days. Yes, it should be coming very shortly. All right, very good. WrestleCrate is an amazing product. Um, it's a subscription, really. It's a care package is what it is. And for those of you that are wrestling fans, which I'm guessing is all of you, otherwise, why would you be here? You would like nothing more than to receive wrestling goodies every month at your doorstep. Products made from uh, Mattel, Funko, Fathead, Tops, DVDs, autograph stuff, so much great stuff every month. And it all starts at just $15 a month. You can use the code JOSENTME and take 10% off. That is WrestleCrate. Find out more by going to WrestleCrate.com. We'll do some of the normal stuff we do in the show later on. We'll get into a quick count. We'll get into our top five. But we, of course, are using the bulk of the first two segments to react to not just WrestleMania, but or, sorry, WrestleMania. See what I did there, Aaron? Hey, hey, hey. it's okay, though, because this was bigger than WrestleMania. Right. So, you know. Bigger. Yeah, it was bigger. <laughs> Uh, no, to react to SummerSlam and really to react to all of SummerSlam weekend, which ended up being a, uh, a three-day event in uh, Brooklyn, starting with NXT on Saturday night and wrapping up with Raw on Monday night. And I, look, we're going to critique it, no doubt, but can we start, Aaron, by agreeing that in general, these were three very good days for the oh, WWE. It, it was an absolutely great weekend to be a wrestling fan. I mean, there, there's no, I, yes, we are going to critique the, the ending of SummerSlam was questionable at best. Right. But overall, SummerSlam was an extremely fun show. Most of the matches were very entertaining. In, in fact, I'd say all of the matches were very entertaining, including the Divas match, which got criticism. Uh, the night before at NXT was legitimately one of the most enjoyable WWE production shows I can remember in a long, long time. And then Raw was one of, uh, probably the best Raw of the year and one of the best Raws in years. Yeah, um, you know, it had its moments. <laughs> like it, 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 I, I thought the, the first 40 minutes of Raw were, really legi tremendous. were yeah. legitimately the best first 40 minutes of a Raw basically ever. I would probably tend to agree with that. Like, I would the, the first 40 minutes were so good. 
All right, so where do we want to start? Um, let's let's start with the the real big matches. Let's I, I say in the first segment, let's cover the two big things: the ends of both SummerSlam and the end of Raw. So okay. So so we talk. Let, let's start with uh, SummerSlam. Let's talk about Undertaker. Let's talk about that match, the Undertaker Lesnar match, and where it's going from here. Of course, uh, if you didn't watch it, weird. I don't know why you're listening to this if you didn't watch it, but okay. If you didn't, uh, it was a very odd ending. It was it was a very it was a good match. W- would you agree with me there, Glenn? Yeah, I think it was better than I expected. You know, you know what I said. I had very low expectations yeah. for it because the Undertaker is a million years old. And there's no viable way that you can get me to believe that he's capable of beating Brock Lesnar. But that being said, again, with my low expectations, it exceeded those expectations. Yeah, it wasn't a it, it wasn't a match on par with you know his Shawn Michaels matches or his Punk matches. I might actually put it on par with uh, maybe the Hell in a Cell with uh, Triple H. You know, one of those matches, even the No DQ one. It, it was just a very good match. They stuck to their strengths, which were kind of the the brawling style, and then the the MMA shoots, kind of trying to get into the submissions which worked out perfectly for them. Um, and then the ending happened. Yeah. And and yeah. the ending, I, I understand what they were trying to do with it. It, it makes from a logical, you know, they want to make it so that, you know, they for whatever reason they want a rubber match. I don't know why they want a rubber match, but they want that third match between Undertaker and Lesnar. So they wanted to set up a way to do it. I just think that they set it up in the most complicated way possible that took a lot away from the match. Well, let me let me say a couple things. One, this better not be at WrestleMania. If that's how we're wasting Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker is doing the same thing that we've already done. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I'm 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 hoping I, I think it would be it would make a lot of sense if if they do it to boost Hell in a Cell. I think uh, that would be okay. great. I, I think yeah. you know, you skip the next pay-per-view, that's fine. Hell in a Cell, I think, would be fantastic because it goes past, goes back to their past. Of course, that tremendous Hell in a Cell match they had back in, I think it was 03, when uh, Brock was in, you know, his original run there. So you can go back to that. You can also, and and you know, I think it would just be kind of a natural step. I'm a little concerned. It sounds right now like they're leaning towards WrestleMania, and I agree with you. I want nothing to do with that. Yeah. But um. Yeah. <sighs> In theory, I don't mind the third match, but again, at WrestleMania, I don't mind, and I just, I hate the way they went about it. I, well, again, I really hate it. My big problem with this is that it, it keeps Brock Lesnar away from the WWE. And, and what I'm saying by that is, The Undertaker doesn't exist within the WWE. The Undertaker is his own entity yes, that arrives every now and then, and he doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the card, doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the roster. He exists on his own. Um, I don't mind pulling someone from the current card into that world because I think it can help that person. Um, I think it was the first relevant thing that Bray Wyatt had done in some time, fighting The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Now, I don't know how much it really helped Bray Wyatt, but I thought it gave him something something that was relevant, and I like that. I don't like the idea of using the absolute best thing you have, and that that is, as everyone knows, the way I feel about uh, Brock Lesnar, I can't fathom how anyone would feel any differently brock lesnar is the best thing you have and he can also exist separate from the card but he can help those that are on the card and i think it really hurts the rest of your year to continue to have this one entity and then the most important entity that you have operating nowhere near the rest of your roster i don't think that helps anything i don't like it 
There's so much more that I think you're capable of doing with Brock Lesnar to benefit storylines, to benefit the company, that I would be mortified by you doing it at WrestleMania. I don't really like the idea of you doing it again at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it needed a third match, but now I guess here's the question. Are, are you more upset that you're taking him away from the rest of the roster or, cause I guess here's the question. We don't, we still don't know the full details of Brock Lesnar's contract. Right. For all we know, this is a situation where no matter what happened after SummerSlam, you know, let, let's say he did beat, the, like everyone expected, Brock Lesnar was going, though the lines were as I found out on Sunday, heavily in Undertaker's favor, which was odd. But anyways, as as many people thought Brock Lesnar would win. And uh, let, let's say that the thought was, he would, even if he won, he was going to be gone until January, let's say. So you're not really taking him, him away from the card for the rest of the year because he wasn't going to be there anyways. Does that again, change the, your opinion No, because when you say that, you're only saying that physically. I think the other thing that we talked about before is that the threat of Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. is just as effective. Yeah. And when Brock Lesnar has unfinished business with someone who's on the card and someone who is wrestling every week, I think that person knowing that Brock Lesnar exists kind of matters. Yeah. And can it benefit you just talking about Brock Lesnar, right? Like just bringing his name so, up every couple of weeks. So I, I, I will say this. If this is the way they're going and they are going to WrestleMania, and by the way, we're going to go back and talk about the finish in a second, but we do want to talk about this. Um, go go back to WrestleMania. If they do have dates for him and he just comes out and starts devastating people, you know, like he did on Bo da- with Bo Dallas on Raw, right? I don't know if I hate that. Yeah, I hear I, you. Like taking him away from matches and just make him this this force, this pre- as as you said, this presence on the show that any time he can come out and if he comes out. You have to get the hell out of the ring or you are going to be destroyed. If you do it that way, again, I'm not thrilled because I don't think we need a, a third match. And I don't, especially if it's Undertaker's retirement match, like we all expect it to be. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I like it that much. Yeah. And I'd, I'd much prefer them to, again, do it at Hell in Cell or even Survivor. You know, you go full circle with Survivor Series and you talk about, you know, this is where The Undertaker was born and now... You know, you, you can have Paul Heyman cut great promos about he's going to die on the anniversary of his birth or whatever, you know? Right. No, I hear what you're saying. I think the other thing I would say, too, is that I worry that this is what The Undertaker wanted. If this is retirement match at WrestleMania, that he said, hey, I want, um, because Brock Lesnar is the most credible athlete in WWE history, mm-hmm. I want him to be the one to sort of put me away. And I want it to be a, ultimately a program with Brock Lesnar that ends my career and that the WWE agreed to it because more Undertaker because is Undertaker can do whatever he wants and correct yeah. and that ultimately it doesn't actually help them and ends up taking away from there's nothing Brock Lesnar can do to help the Undertaker the Undertaker does not need any help but Brock Lesnar can legitimately elevate everything else that you have going on and give relevance to everything that exists on your card by the way including your championship picture right now, which is going to involve a 57-year-old, but we'll get back to that. Yes, we will get um, back to that as well. That This is the type of thing that I just fear you screwing up, that you bring back Brock Lesnar and that you don't use him for the betterment of your entire roster and to make week in and week out matter. I hear what you're saying about the notion of him just coming out and kicking ass, but Ryback did that for a little while, right? Well, but, but Ryback was doing that with you. Ryback wasn't a situation... See, what I'm picturing here is... In all due respect, Bo Dallas is a jobber. I, I mean, I don't want him to be, but he is. Well, but, okay, I, I'm saying that that was the start of it. I'm now thinking of a situation where every two to three weeks, let's say, 
he comes out and he demand he he you know we every time he comes out he demands Undertaker or Heyman demands Undertaker whoever it is. All of a sudden in the middle of matches he's running in and th- this could be anybody this could be the New Day this could be Randy Orton this could be anyone on the card. I, I, I hear you, but if those guys are too relevant, then you're going to have unfinished business between that guy. If if Brock okay, Lesnar and, and, interrupts, and, well, hold on, is that yeah. a bad thing? If if the, if if all of a sudden you get to have one-off matches, like say someone's like, hey, I don't want you to do this. It, and again, this is assuming that Lesnar has enough appearances that he can do this. Yeah, I mean, and, if it gets me a, a Brock Lesnar Randy Orton match in October. You're damn right, yeah. I'm all for it. I just and, don't. And, think and that's, that's the, the thing. Case. Well, but if. If Brock Lesnar is in the picture and Undertaker's not in the picture because he's the Undertaker and he disappears, then it, it's possible that we see a situation where the feud is very clearly Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar can be inserted into other situations. He can be around, he can have matches, but all the matches are, you know, he can start using Undertaker's poses, he can... After every match, I hear you. It. If that if that's the case, then I'm for it. But I think that we're all smart enough to know that the under or that Brock Lesnar is only going to have three or four matches, right. really a year. Right. And if two of them are with the Undertaker, that's a huge miss. It's just a ah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean I I'm not thrilled. I didn't about like it. one with the Undertaker. I didn't want one. I yeah. was done. I needed no more Brock Lesnar Undertaker in my life. I just didn't. Um, I, I don't really need any more Undertaker stories. I think any time you have a, a match with The Undertaker, it sort of exists on its own, and it's fine. It's a nice little thing. Oh, right, I remember that guy. I like him. Um, he's not what he used to be, but what the hell, he's here. I'll, I'll, I'll watch, and I'll sort of pretend like I care. But the truth is, I, I cared way more about Seth Rollins on Sunday night than I did about Brock yes. Lesnar Undertaker. Yes. And in a lot of ways, I think it, it lost a lot of steam that not only was it the last card on the match, but it was a couple of matches beyond. Look, Kevin Owens Cesaro should have been the hottest thing for Smarks, but like the crowd just didn't see him seem into it on Sunday night. I mean, I think it was definitely all- used as a cool down match, which yeah. I, I disagree with. I, I I thought that it was going to be the the they would just have the Divas match in between the two. They learned from from Saturday. You know, if they didn't already know this, but they they showed that Saturday showed bright, what, really brightly why you need a cool down match between your two biggest matches. Because right. after the Bailey Sasha match, nobody gave a damn about Finn Balor Kevin Owens when that was a very good match. So I have no problem with them putting buffers. Should they have had two buffer matches? Should they have had Kevin Owens Cesaro? Um, probably not. I mean, they, probably what they should have done is switched Kevin Owens Cesaro and Randy Orton Sheamus on the card. Well, I also think it depends on what you're building to. You know, I, yeah. I, I do. I think if you were building to Brock Lesnar and something that was more interesting, um, I think that you could have still kept some of the heat in the building. But I I just think that when you're ultimately building a Brock Lesnar Undertaker, I think it, that you ultimately come away with, I feel like I'm supposed to care more than I actually care. And, and, and here's the thing. And this also, the fact that it was the main event, the fact that the ending went down the way it went down. And I, right. and, and I want to get back. That's what I think really has taken some luster off of it. And I, my, in my article for the Baltimore Sun right after, and, and on Twitter, immediately what popped into my head was Starcade 97. Uh, if you don't remember Starcade 97, that was the culmination of the big Sting NWO feud. That right. was Hogan Sting. That was when, and, and they, and it was made worse because they botched it, but the plan was Nick Patrick comes in, quick counts, 
uh, Bret Hart comes out, says, I'm not going to let this happen again, which was an illusion, of course, the Montreal screw job. Restart the match, Sting wins. That was what was that? Well, it got even more confusing because Nick Patrick didn't actually do a quick count, so it looked like Bret Hart was coming out there for no reason. But it was just it was considered to be one of the worst finishes in in wrestling history because it was this big culmination. If you want to set up under if if your goal, I want to set up Undertaker Brock. You should not be having it in a way where the story is about the ref screwing up because now the story is the ref screwed up. It is not right. Taker one. If, right. if, if you want to have that happen and you want it to be that, okay, Brock, you know, it, it, let's say you wanted, let take out the stupid fake bell part of, of, uh, of SummerSlam. Let's say, uh, the ref, you know, was addressing Heyman or something, you know, anything besides a fake bell and Undertaker low blows Brock and, and it's the same finish minus the fake bell. That is infinitely better than what happened. You're, yeah, you're still, you're setting up the next match and you're not making i mean for one you make undertaker look like a chump by the fact that he tapped out and then had to low blow and win well but i feel like you do that anything that involves undertaker having to go low blow for a win i don't think you I, can... well I, I think having tap makes it look a lot better and then there's the confusion that adds to it, it, it anytime that you're intentionally trying to confuse your audience it, it's generally not a good idea when you're well, when the audience is legitimately wonder and I'm sure and this was us on TV. Can you imagine the crowd crowd in Barclays Center who may not have been able to see the same replays that we saw? Right. Like they must have been completely and utterly baffled as to what exactly was going on. Yeah, and, I, hear and you. I, I really think that the finish has taken some of the luster away from it because hey, I think it made both wrestlers look bad. If nothing, if nothing else, it made both wrestlers look bad. Um, I, yes, I, I hear you on that, but again, I, I keep coming back to, you're, you're right, I didn't like the finish, I didn't think it was a good idea, but I didn't really like the match to begin with. Right, well, that, that's, so, I don't like, I, I, yeah. you just can't sell me on why I need more of this. No, you, you I, I agree, I agree There's with you no, 100%. You, you could have had The Undertaker win the match and still not sold me. On why you needed a third match between these two guys. No, I, I yeah, and, and I agree with you, I'm not thrilled about it i think that you know what we got that is what we're going to get that match if if that if that match had a good finish and either way undertaker winning or brock winning if it had a fine finish that match would have been the peak of what those two could have done together and, my, and it would have been a very good match aaron my theory is that they do this because they're trying to learn from what happened last fall when they had the belt on brock lesnar and they're almost overreacting which is to say Let's keep Brock in a feud with Undertaker so that they can both be away and it doesn't feel like anything's missing each week. I think and, that and last that's, fall, that's very possible. But what we all sort of sensed last fall was that there was something missing. That on every show they did, it just felt like something was missing because your champion wasn't there, because the most important guy on the card, it felt like everyone else was just playing second fiddle to the guy that wasn't there. And I think that this reeks of an overreaction to that. Hey, we want Brock Lesnar to be around for a few dates a year, but during the rest of the year, we don't want his absence to be this massive uh, elephant in the room. Yeah. We, we want to have him sort of naturally away and involved with a feud that doesn't require anyone present until we decide it's time to bring it back. And... I get where they're coming from, but I feel like it's going from one extreme to another instead of finding something that's kind of comfortably in the middle where the absence of Brock Lesnar can exist as its own character 
Right. But it doesn't screw up the top of the card. It doesn't screw up the most significant parts of the show. Which is why I kind of like the idea of him as Money in the Bank, because then all of a sudden his missing presence and his rare appearances, you know, that, that as you said, it almost cr- becomes a character of its own there. Um, I, I, I will say this. We're assuming that this if this is scheduled to happen at WrestleMania, that both of these guys are gone till January. Well, we know that Brock Lesnar's not completely gone till January because he's going to show up in New York at the uh, the the you know the WWE their Madison Square Garden. They're going to be putting right. it on the WWE Network. Now, granted, he can show up to that and never show up for the rest of the year, but we know that Lesnar's not going to be gone entirely. There is going to be some presence there. This could be a situation where he shows up once a month or something like that. So I'm, if nothing else, I'm slightly intrigued exactly how they use him. But I agree with you. I'm not thrilled if this does lead to a WrestleMania match. Yeah, I just don't want it. I have no interest. I had no interest in this one. I have no interest in the next one. I have a lot of interest in Brock Lesnar working functionally as a character as part of a television show, even if he's not going to be around. And it just feels like sort of laziness on the part of the writers they say well it's you know we tried doing this last year it didn't work so let's just not we're going to hurt ourselves trying to do it again let's just ignore it and and maybe you're right maybe he does show up more often but yeah. I, I mean my gut is that if he was showing up somewhere they would already be advertising it in that market um, um that, yeah that's probably fair actually uh, so know, yeah it, it's very possible that it's only new york and he doesn't show up any other time yeah, that's my gun on this. All right, you want to move to uh, uh, before that? I do. I do want to say, even though we we heavily just criticized that the the match itself was good, the promo to start it was start yeah to start Raw with Heyman was great, and the Bo Dallas thing. Uh, it was it was phenomenal. I, I mean, j- just the as as I was tweeting as Bo Dallas was coming to the ring, I never had such a feeling of oh my god, somebody is going to die. Yeah, and I had right. it like like I've watched scaffold matches, and I thought there was less chance of somebody dying than I did at that moment. So that was just beautifully yeah, and, done and by everyone things. involved. I didn't really like the opening um, the John Stewart bit at SummerSlam. I just didn't. It, I thought yeah. it fell flat. I mean, what they should yeah. have done was uh, they should have had Mick come out, and then they should have had like Bo Dallas come out. They should have had Mick then Bo, like some way to interact. But you're right, that that fell flat a little a little bit. The John Stewart thing. Um, I thought some of his segments were fine, but well, it, yeah, it felt like it was building to a punchline. And, and, and the punchline never we're, came. We're we're going to get to. We can either get to now or after the break and talk about the end of Raw now. Wh- which would you rather do? Well, um, we got a lot to cover because we got literally the rest of the card. So let's just do that. We'll do these two things now, okay. and then we'll cover the rest of yeah, the, the card okay. and the rest of the company after the break. So uh, okay, let's let's talk. Stewart. Stewart's. Um, yeah, I, I thought it wasn't nearly as good as his Raw appearance. Um, I thought the his him backstage with uh, Neville and you know what though I gotta tell you Aaron even his raw appearance kind of came a little flat to me oh no no I, just... I mean I mean his raw appearance back in March oh yeah yeah absolutely. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yes I agree with you the entire Stewart bit over the over Sunday and Monday uh, not bad not terrible I thought his run in I didn't like that oh, not that I didn't like him doing it. Because obviously, when when you suggested it, you are our our prophet now, I guess, yep. for saying that John Stewart's going to yep. uh, attack Cena. But um, obviously, I like the idea. I thought that he came in and he was staring at Cena the entire time. Like that that was just poorly yeah, I, done 
on his correct. part. Correct. Correct. He did not act. And you would think that an actor, and I know that right. John Stewart doesn't do as much acting anymore as he does talk show hosting and, but he and directed. comedy. I mean, if he directed, right. you would think but that he, he would is, know. Yeah. Well, and he has done a ton of acting in his life. That you would think that an actor would be able in that moment to understand the story that you're right. supposed to convey right there. And, and he's a that, fan, like... Everyone right. has seen this before. Even right. if You're... you know he's coming out, you want him to at least pretend he's going to hit Rollins before hitting Cena. Exactly correct. That's the way that it works. It works by by telling a story. And the only story to be told there really was, I've got beef with Rollins, and I'm sick of Rollins. And they just didn't do a good job at all of either setting it up, one. Um, there was no interaction with Rollins to sort of set up you know, a reminder for those that hadn't been paying attention of why the beef existed. Um, it was, it was poor. It was just a poor execution of it. But in general, having Jon Stewart turn heel was a really good idea. The thing is, by the way, I loved his explanation. The the way they, that's where we disagree. That's where we disagree. They didn't have him turn heel. Right. But, and I loved that. I love that Jon Stewart is the, is basically portraying WWE's idea of, what would happen if we took a random fan from the internet and let him run roughshod? I guess. And, and, but... I mean, that's what it all, it's always been. It's been when he, back in March, it was him grilling Rollins about these little details from the past that only the IWC would ever care about as, you know, I, I can just imagine, uh, our buddy AJ ranting us at that. Only the Reddit types would care about those little right. details from the past. He comes up. He's all upset that Brock beat the streak and he confronts him about it. That's the WWE's idea of, what would happen if we took one of these guys and put him backstage and let him? And what would they do? They would want to make sure that John Cena couldn't tie Ric Flair's but, record. And I like issue, that. But my issue with that, again, is that you did nothing to make it a big deal, the Ric Flair record and the build-up to SummerSlam. Well, yes, that, that was a mistake. But you, know, like you didn't they, they, talk they about did, it. They, it didn't exist. It wasn't. In, in, the, a, in the last six days before SummerSlam, at least, they, they kind of did shift that into sorta, overdrive. Right, they sort of did. But I didn't. It, it wasn't really something that was hanging out there that like the announcers were talking about. Hey, just a reminder, you know, John Cena's on the cusp of wrestling immortality or anything like that. You didn't sell that at all. So when the explanation came the next day, it, again, it sort of came flat. It it came like, oh yeah, I mean, right. But none of us really seemed to be afraid of that because no one was talking about it. I I, I disagree with you. I, I think enough people were talking about, it, especially if I think the internet was talking. About and it. and if that's what and that's what. You know, again, John Stewart's supposed to be their representation I, of the internet fan. Then I think you need to do a better job of selling and, that. And, and to be fair, I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to defend the WWE here. Obviously, the entire storyline was turned upside down by John Cena breaking his nose. My guess is this was supposed, they were supposed to really build this up to be Flair's record. They were probably going to do it at least two weeks before, if not more than that. And then John Cena was gone, so they really. Had trouble bringing it out. Of but course, still, they had you the still shirt. Employ announcers. Well, <laughs> you you still employ people yeah, but, that can push your storyline. They don't do that. Like that's not their role anymore, which is stupid. Which I agree with you, one hundred percent, is stupid. That's but not, again, I come back to this. This to me works so much better if it's just John Stewart turning heel, right? But what's and, what's the po- okay? Here, I guess here's my question. What's the point of him turning? Assuming that he's gone now, what's the point of him turning heel? That, that that's the perfect person to have turn heel. You don't have to explain it. He can just turn heel. Well, but then if if you're not that no that that's dumb. If you're if you're saying that no, I disagree. That, that, I think that he's if he's you going can, to you can sell it easily. You can sell it as, as simple as I think you can simply do this. Seth Rollins came on my show five times. I asked John Cena to come on and he couldn't squeeze it in because he had to do the Today Show and he had to do 
two other things. Seth Rollins has been way more of a friend to me than John Cena has. Um, I think there's a million ways that you can justify John Stewart doing something like that that had nothing to do with Ric Flair. And again, if it was about Ric Flair, I'm still good by it only if you had sold the idea ahead of time. I, I think they, they started to a little bit. Again, it was a screwed up storyline because of the broken nose. They did. Oh, like they spent the entire, basically the entire go home promo talking about Ric Flair. They the entire, they mentioned it. They talked a good amount about it. Like, that was a good chunk of Cena's promo was, hey, Triple H, I'm going to tie your boy. Hey, Rollins, this, this Ric Flair, me and Ric Flair, we're on another level from you. Like, he dropped Ric Flair's name a lot. The, the promo package, I believe, if I remember correctly, like the, the you know, the little two minute pre-match video, you know, talked about the fact that he was doing it. They mentioned it. They, it wasn't, they weren't driving the point home over and over and over again, but it was mentioned enough that I feel like it was in play. Of course, he had the shirt that said 15-time champion, so you're, you're being made very aware of how many titles that John Cena holds. And so in that case, I'm okay with it. I, I think it's fine. I, I will say this, though. Um, the one reason that I would have liked him to turn heel is because if he goes out and says, hey, I'm doing it, for Ric Flair, and John Cena comes out and says, hey, I get it, I respect Ric Flair a lot, and then he hits the AA on him anyways. Oh, well, that then, was awful. That, that just makes John Cena look like a punk. Correct. Like, that, that's that the was thing. terrible. Now, if he said, hey, you didn't come on my show, I'm bigger than, you know, if he did, and then he did that, okay, that that makes a little bit more sense. You're, you're, so in that He was stage, practically apologetic because yes. Ric Flair came out and said... I didn't want you to do that. And John, you know, John Stewart then acts sort of cowardly in that yeah, moment. Yeah, a little, like, oh, a little like... meek, a little sheepish, yeah. Right, and so now you just look like an ass. Yep. You just look like an absolute cruel monster for the way that you treated John Stewart. And, and the other weird part was that they kind of had Renee address that. Yeah. Like, that they, they knew that was what was going on. Renee addressed it, and it makes you think they're building to something. The problem is you know you're not going to get the payback that you want because John Cena's not turning heel. He's just not. Right. So within right. two weeks, you're going to have to have pretended like that never happened. Exactly. Like, within two weeks, despite the fact that they even brought it up themselves, they're going to ask you to pretend like he never beat the tar out of an, an aging celebrity. Now, like, and, 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 again, the thing is he should have – I, I think one of the things is Cena sometimes doesn't come off angry. He doesn't allow things from the past to come back to him. So the fact that he was like, okay, this isn't just a loss. I'm pissed off and I want to beat somebody up. Fine. Until he apologizes. Then that's, that's where the problem comes in. I mean, none of it makes any sense. Uh, it, but John Cena doesn't make any sense. That's right. part of the problem. Um, now, let me go back to a couple things. One. I, I, it ended the way it should have ended with Seth Rollins winning. Yes. The one thing I was mortified of because the match involved John Cena was that John Cena was going to win. So not only did they manage to get the correct ending, but they did it in a very Seth Rollins way. They keep yep. his heel heat on yep. him. You love that. It, it was, um, it was a perfectly done match. Other, other than, than Stewart kind of screwing up the will he hit him, will he not hit him thing. It, the match was executed perfectly. Right. Correct, 100%. And that's what I like. I like they managed to use something to get Seth Rollins a victory. In the process, Seth Rollins didn't look like a punk. He didn't look like a bitch in the match. He looked like someone who was credible as a champion, as a threat to John Cena. Um, it wasn't a case of John Stewart came out right as John Cena was about to pin Seth Rollins. Correct. 
I think that would have been a mistake. You, you, you had the uh, that ref bump was crucial because even though you was you can kind of assume Cena would have won there, you then have the barrier. You have the ref bump. You have the pin, and then you have Rollins hit Cena. By the way, and I love I love the way they went back to the the knee to the face as a thing. And yeah. I, I I really like that. I love the way they sold it. I you know just just the throwback there. It's those little things that are important. So that that was fantastic. And then you had him come out when they were both done. I thought that was great. Yeah, no, I, I liked all of it, um, and I liked everything Monday night right up until the final moment of the show. <laughs> um, I love Seth Rollins, egotistical for no particular reason. It's a perfect character, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's it's everything yep. you can ask for in a heel. Um, I think there are a lot of great ways that you could have written up the end of the show, and I think that we all knew that once they finally got to the unveiling. Something was going wrong. Right, and those that were on the internet that were aware that Sting had been flown in. See, to, I, uh, I had actually managed to avoid that throughout and good, the night. Good for you, yeah. so you you didn't know what was going to happen. I think at that point, when you got to the end of the show, we knew that Sting had been flown in, and he hadn't appeared on the show as of yet. Mm-hmm. We had this weird reason to think that Sting was going to be underneath yes. um, yeah. that, that, that uh, unveiling now. All of this being said, there's something logical for Sting still having beef with Triple H, very obviously, going he back to WrestleMania. should have won. Um, correct. There's, like, it, that, that's a problem now. Now, all of a sudden, it is a problem that he lost at WrestleMania. I, I, I truly believe this. You know, when, when we had AJ on after it, and we were all like, um, should Triple H really have won? He was all like, you know, it's fine. We're not going to see Sting again, so it's fine, uh, and all that stuff. Well, now Sting's back. Now Sting's right. back coming off of a loss, and he's going right into the title picture. Correct. Oh, and again, he's 57 years old. And he's old. 50, yes. He couldn't work. The reason why everybody sold me on the idea that you had to have DX and NWO and stop your bitching about the fact that it doesn't actually make any sense for you to have done that um, was because Sting can't work his way through a match. Well, you mean to tell me he's going to be able to work his way through a match for the title? Yeah. Um, You're bringing out the NWO in your championship match at Night of Champions? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling that's not going to happen. I'll, I'll say this. I will say this about this. I am I'm in between. For the reasons you mentioned, I'm not thrilled about it. I don't think, you know, I thought Triple H was a perfect opponent for him because they can wrestle a similar style. You're not going to have a brawl between Sting and Seth Rollins. That's not going to happen. So... It's that, and that's Sting's strength right now, is that, that kind of the, the good storytelling with with some brawling thrown in. That's Sting's what he's capable of right now. And it's what he's, quite frankly, pretty good at still. Um, I don't... I, But I don't hate the fact that they're trying to do something a little bit different at a time when we are going... When we typically have a lull in the WWE. Oh, correct. No matter what happened, it, let, let's pretend it wasn't Sting under there. It would have been a filler match. It would have been most likely just a throwaway, because that's what all of these matches in September usually are. So if you're going to have a match that we know Seth Rollins is going to win and the feud, quite frankly, is going to be a filler feud, I'm fine with a filler feud with Sting. I'm fine with using Sting in this way. Um, I just go back to now my last memory of Sting is that he was pinned by Triple H. So why is Triple H putting him in a title match? 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, but uh, let me let me sort of expand a little bit. I think the good news is that there's something logical that comes out of it. It's just that this match doesn't need to happen in order to get there. Here's why it can work to have Sting underneath that thing, because Sting's got a problem with Triple H. Now, what sort of match might make sense for a 57-year-old that needs some help in order to get through a match and needed about, I don't know, three other guys to be involved the last time he tried to get through a match? No DQ? No. How about a Survivor Series match? Ah, okay. So, so that you're, you're... would make... Instead and of instead of going Team Authority, Team Cena, we're going Team Authority, Team, team Sting. Sting. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. That if you wanted Sting to have another chapter with Triple H, it, it's not the worst idea to have Sting underneath there when you unveil that thing. Yep. The worst idea is then try to force Sting into the title picture and into the next match against Seth Rollins. Now, the good news is it probably doesn't throw anything off in what you're ultimately trying to build to, which would be, and I'm assu- this is not something that I've read on the dirt sheets, I'm just assuming this has got to be what they're doing, that you can still do this match and get through to Survivor Series, which as I told you, I, you needed to come out of SummerSlam starting to build towards Survivor Series because in the WWE world, that's the next thing that matters. I suppose so, you can make a case for Hell in a Cell if they did it right, but yes, go ahead. Okay, I hear, I hear what you're saying, but this is the, this is what they do. It makes sense to have a Triple H captain team versus a Sting captain team at Survivor Series. And you can still do that after this match. However it ends, and it's gonna, it's gotta end with Seth Rollins winning. God, I cannot fathom it ending with Sting winning. The the Um, only, the only reason why I wouldn't completely hate it, and I'm, I'm not for it by any stretch, but the idea of Sting getting a token run, and then the man tying Ric Flair for the titles, beating Sting to tie Ric Flair. Yeah, okay. I, I, I like the poetry there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think the better argument would be they want to put the guy in the WWE Hall of Fame, and he's accomplished nothing in the WWE, yes. at least if he won a belt. Yes. Then you could recognize that he had some sort of accomplishment yes. in WWE. I still don't want him to do it, and I, and I hope it's not the case. But it almost doesn't matter however this match ends. You can continue the path towards Survivor Series and ultimately a Sting captain team versus a Triple H captain team, which is not a problem to me. It's it's not. I, again, in trying to come up with things that matter, everything about that is kind of justifiable. Like, you can kind of justify the notion of... I wanted my, you know, I wanted justice, I wanted what I wanted, and you screwed it up at WrestleMania WrestleMania by inviting your cronies. I tried to even it up by inviting my cronies then, but you still screwed it all up by including a sledgehammer, right? Like, I deserve justice. Here's the way that I see about getting my justice. And those of us with a brain know it's a way better idea than another one-on-one Triple H versus Sting match. 100%. Every single one of us says, we're signed up for this. Do it. We want this. It's just that in the meantime, you're screwing up the one other thing you have on your card that matters, which is the title picture. Right. That you're burying every other thing. I I don't think – here's where I disagree with you about screwing it up. This is September – this is always, for the most part, has been historically a meaningless match that's a, a throw, either a straight rematch from SummerSlam or okay. a complete throwaway, just one-time feud here. Why is that the worst thing for Cesaro to get that opportunity? Why is it the uh, worst thing? I don't, well, A, because Cesaro's coming off a loss. 
Obviously, I understand obviously that. you you trade everything around if you want to do that. I'd rather see Cesaro get the the February or the December. I, I think that it's it's slightly slightly early. Like I, I'm concerned. I I'm always concerned whenever you pull the trigger too early on a title match because then you're you have him presumably lose. It, it, just, never... just the Ryback. It, it's the Ryback situation. Okay, Ryback was going strong. He got pushed into the title feed too early, and it took him a year and a half to recover from that. I, I, I understand the concept there. I think the Ryback situation was more unique because there was nothing that justified you know, him being elevated that way to begin with, whereas some of the guys that you could give this position to have something behind them that can justify it. And I think that Cesaro, of all people, would not be buried by it. But I, I hear what – I understand what you're saying in that there almost shouldn't be a championship match in September because no one's going to care about it. No one takes it seriously. You know, yeah. obla di obla da. Then wouldn't your argument be then just do another uh, uh, Rollins Cena match? Uh, you know? I'd – well, A – and, and let's get to this right now. I think we are getting another Rollins Cena match. Yeah, you think it's going to be a triple threat? No. I think they're going, I think, and I You're think. You're going to have him face Cena for the U.S. This, title. Yes. And then I, I, I think, title. I think it's going to be hilarious because Ring of Honor is doing that two days prior. They're having Jay Lethal defend the TV title against Bobby Fish and the world title against Kyle O'Reilly in the same night. And I think WWE is going to do the same thing because this is Night of Champions. They have to have every title defended. That's the whole point of the pay-per-view. And otherwise, what are you doing with Cena? Well, I've still heard, heard some theories that people think that it's going to end up being a triple threat match before it's all said and done. Um, which, which wouldn't shock me, but I feel like if you're putting Sting in this picture, you're putting Sting in this picture for him to be in the spotlight there. You're not put, you're not adding Cena to it. Well, but it would also help in what ultimately you're assuming Sting's not going to be able to carry himself through a match one-on-one. Right. I, 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 I'm it, saying, I'm saying it makes sense from a storyline perspective. It makes sense from a match perspective. It doesn't make sense from a, we're building this as Sting's shot at the title for the first time. If built correctly, this should be a big deal. This should be Sting is getting a shot at the WWE title. I tell you, in two th- in you know in the year 2000, Sting is getting a shot at the WWF title. Like this should be a big deal. I, I hear you, but again, now I'm not saying 2015. I understand, which should make it even a bigger deal. That my fact- my argument would be that Sting has an opportunity to pin John Cena and win the championship, and Triple H comes in and breaks it up, and ensures that Seth Rollins retains. That to me still accomplishes everything that you need to have accomplished. It yeah. still accomplishes the purpose of having Sting there to begin with, which builds towards this concept that I have of Sting versus Triple H at Survivor Series. Um, it keeps John Cena in the picture. You can even do like a two out of three falls. Yeah, have John One for Cena... the U.S., one for the world or whatever. Right, absolutely. And have John Cena win the U.S. title right. back in the first fall. And then the second fall, have Sting. You can have neither one of the pins the... involve um, Sting uh, or involve Seth Rollins. Yeah. The, the the one thing that I think that the the two matches does is that it allows you to make Sting more credible. If if Sting Rollins one on one, it's very hard to make Sting credible. If you're saying Sting is facing a tired Seth Rollins who just came off, you know, earlier in the right. night a grueling match with Cena, all you can sell that. Um, I, I hear you. Look, I don't, it, like, and it could lead to a slower-paced match, which is what Sting needs. I don't like Sting in the World Championship picture, but if I if I was ranking, picking between the two, I would pick a triple threat match before I pick that scenario. But I 
I get it. I just don't like the idea of Sting being put in a one-on-one situation with Seth Rollins because, again, in my in anyone having a reasonable thought, if Seth Rollins doesn't rip Sting from limb to limb, then Seth Rollins shouldn't be the champion. That there's no way that you should have a competitive right. I, match I, 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 I between a viable unless, champion unless, and a 57-year-old. Unless the champion is showing exhaustion. I mean, I get it, but then why are you having a championship match? Like, what what about that looks good for anyone? Does it yeah, help? Because it's not you. You can you can build this throughout. You you can show that you know, th- throughout the weeks that Seth complains and he's and Triple H says, well, no, you need to do this. This is Night of Champions. We have to have every title defended and and all this stuff. And you can build that up if you do it properly. I just I and, mean, and and I think that would be funny because it would be, that be the it would them blatantly. Uh, be ripping off of Ring of Honor, which I would find hilarious. Yeah, and, and but, I don't like that either. But uh, I mean, but they're already doing it by putting both. I mean, right, by both putting titles both titles person, on the same the guy. Same thing that Jay Lethal just did. I hear you. Yeah, which is you know the first time they've done that in any. Well, I guess uh, some or Kurt Angle did that at one point, but it's been a long time since any TV company did that, and for WWE to do it right after Ring of Honor is at best an awkward look for them. So, so I, I get a little bit of a kick out of it. Um, yeah, I, I gotcha. I just like, think I'm struggling right now with who long term is the challenger for Seth Rollins. Um, Sheamus is still lingering. Sheamus is still, still lingering. I, I understand I, I, I that. Assume, and I assume Cena Rollins is almost set for Hell in a Cell. It, it has to be. Okay. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it has to be. I just, I. Don't, I don't want any more of Cena Rollins either. <laughs> I just, well, if, you, if, if that's what you want, then yes, you need Rollins out of the picture for a while because he's gone through everybody. Um, other than Reigns. Other than Reigns, basically. Yeah, other than Reigns and the you know the guy that I want to see elevated into the picture, which well, is Cesaro. Cesaro right. Yeah. I, and I, and I, honestly, I hope that's what they do for the winter. I hope maybe that's their Royal Rumble match. The, the Royal Rumble title match right there. They, they usually try to put something interesting in. Uh, right, right. Since, since the Rumble's a draw, so maybe that's the Royal Rumble match. Okay, uh, I'd like that. I'd be all yeah. for that, and I think they're building towards that. My, I guess my question becomes, if Rollins is sort of the co-captain of of Triple H's team at Survivor Series, who's kind of the co-captain or the real star of Sting's team? I, I hope it's not Cena, but the answer is probably and, Cena. And that's the problem. That's I just don't like... Well, that, I mean, that's the whole problem with getting Cena involved with the Authority again, is that we're seeing Cena versus right. the Authority for it's the, the third time in a year Correct. and a half. I'm, I, I need something else. I need... I, I like Sting, but I need a, a different co-captain. I need a different star of that team. Um, and maybe it's Sting and The Shield, right? Like, maybe it's those right. two... I just need something... That isn't the same thing that I've been seeing for a little while, and that's why I keep coming back to Cesaro. I keep coming back to Cesaro because he's the one guy that feels like you can move into that territory and right. have it become credible. Right. I get it; it's tough after he just lost to Kevin Owens, but I I still think he's. I, and uh, I just I'd, I'd rather hold off until they're really ready for Cesaro in the main event, which I I feel comes in the winter. Okay, well then but, you're yeah. getting you're getting Sting, John Cena, and whoever yep. else against. Uh, uh, against yes. Yeah. Triple H, Seth Well, Rock. I mean, hypothetically, you could do another uh, Survivor Series match, which we'll get to in segment number two. With, as With the uh, the Shield and the y- yes, Wyatt family? Yes, yeah. All right. which we will get to in segment number two here. Well, let's uh, grab a break. When we come back in, we will talk about that and everything else that went down. we got to kind of do this one rapid fire because there's like eight other matches that we got to talk about. So we'll uh, talk about all of it next. This is Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. 
Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and... Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Yep, that's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge to use their ATMs. We don't. Our ATMs are surcharge free, so you can always get... Cash for nothing because there is no fee. At all Royal Farms ATMs. Individual cardholder fees may still apply. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, in Annapolis. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Hey, it's Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. You gotta come down and see some hardcore midget wrestling. The Half Pint Brawlers are in your town. August 28th and 29th, the Hustler Club in Baltimore presents the Half Pint Brawlers. It's Psycho Midget Wrestling at its craziest at Larry Flint's Hustler Club. This is a show not to be missed. Make your reservations now. For more info, go to BaltimoreHustlerClub.com. Get ready for some midget mayhem. Welcome back in. It is segment number two of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark alongside Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. We continue our uh, very special edition this week where we are just recapping everything that went down for three days at SummerSlam. No guests, no other things to discuss, just plenty of uh, reaction and fallout and what is happening moving forward for the WWE. All right, Aaron, as uh, we left off, we were predicting perhaps another Survivor Series matchup. And it is very natural, and it makes a whole lot of sense, but you know why I'm not going to like it? Because we've seen it! 
and that is the idea of the shield, uh, or the two of the three members of the Correct. shield coming out of SummerSlam and getting their victory over Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, but then meeting a new member of the Wyatt family, and then perhaps they expand to match the the strength of the Wyatt family. It's just all too much for me. Um, I mean, if, if you told me that they found, the, the, the Reigns and Ambrose found a partner, and let's say uh, Rowan is back by the time Survivor Series ro- rolls around, you have a four-on-four, I have no issues with that. Uh, they they work well together. But, then, but hang on, you're guaranteeing yourself. What's the what's the date for Survivor Series? Uh, November whatever twenty. It's it's around things. It's like the weekend before Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah. right? No, November nineteenth, twentieth, somewhere. Around. So what you what you're guaranteeing is three more months of Shield Wyatt family. Which honestly, I don't have a big problem with because they're good together. Okay, as, as they showed at SummerSlam, yeah, they're that, really good together. They, here's they, the thing. I, I, you know, I've said I want these guys working with other people, but I don't disagree with you in that they work well together. I just feel like it's all very aimless. You know what I mean? That it's sort of like what we're building to is just doing this again because you kind of liked it the last time, so we're going to do it again. Yeah. And I, I almost wish they would be a little bit more tongue in cheek and sort of admit that, which is, no, there's really no point to any of this. It's just that we want to keep doing it because we think that you kind of like it when we do it. Right. Um, you know, obviously they'll need something in there, whether it's, God, I don't even know what they could, but again, some sort of thing where it's, it's, it's about supremacy. It's, it's simply about who is the best, who is the best faction, who's been the best faction of the modern era. Is it the shield? Is it, uh, the Wyatt family? But, but the issue with that is that it's not really, really the, the shield. shield. Right. And right. That, that's, that's the issue. The but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm spitballing here as to some way they could make it matter. You know, they used to be able to do this. Make feuds matter that are just about who's better. That, right. That's just about who wants bragging rights against each other, and they're not going to stop. They're going to be here. They just really don't like each other. Like, yeah. That, that's but, the thing, and, and that's what they haven't sold yet in this, and they could go to this. Well, and But the problem with that is that Bray is such a bizarre character that I don't think you can just not like them. I don't think he's capable of it. I think that the right. character yeah, well, is, but, but is could, too could convoluted. Roman, could Roman Reigns start showing some real hatred? That's Maybe. what we have. Is, you know, he's been still the laid back, hey, you know, they, they've been, you know, they, oh, these are buddies and we're just going to kind of beat up people because we're best friends and stuff. If they t- start turning it over the next few weeks into legit hatred of one another, it could work. It could work. We know they can work together. And even the promos, I haven't been thrilled with the promos. But again, like their back and forths, they, they've, they've clicked somewhat. So. I, yeah, I, I hear you. And look, I'm, I'm actually coming around to the idea of just saying, look, you've got nothing else to do with these guys. You're going up against Monday Night Football starting in a couple of weeks. We all know how the fall is with the WWE. Why not just beat the tar out of each other for a few more matches and enjoy it? Now, can you keep it interesting? How can you mix it up over the next couple of weeks? Do you have Roman face, you know, uh, the new guy, Braun yeah, I mean, Strowman? Braun Strowman, and let, let's talk about that for a second. That is something shocking that we may never see again, is someone who's basically a complete unknown in every way showing up as a wrestler on Raw. That doesn't right, happen because, anymore because of NXT. Because we all know these guys from NXT, understandable, right. the, and, I, and I get the, that the, now. The only, hold on, I just I, I, I want to rave about this a little more because it, it was I thought it was very cool that we have a guy who 
at most, the, the only time that I had seen him before was as a Rosebud right. in, in the NXT performances when uh, Adam Rose was there. And for someone to, to come out and, and have a legit surprise for everybody involved, it, like, there wasn't a single person who could have said, hey, I think Braun Strowman is going to be the new member of the Wyatt family. Well, apparently some dude on Reddit did, which is... Who knows if that's true or not? Who, who knows well, if I mean, they really did, apparently, but I, right, I, I have no idea. I, I hear what you're saying. I think it only works because of his ungodly size. Yep. I, well, I, a, I think it would have worked anyways, but especially well, because no, of... Well, no. Dude, if a 5'11 guy comes out well, to join sure, the Wyatt family, sure. no one gives an S. Well, if yes. Jay Lethal is the next member, not actually well, un- Jay un- Lethal... Well, unless Finn Balor is that 5'11 dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. Unless yeah. it's somebody that we already know. If right, a random right. 5'11 dude shows oh, up sure. to the next it member of the Wyatt family... Oh, sure. It has to be a monster. It has to be a generic monster. It has to be old school. It has to be old school. And that's what it felt like. It felt very old school that... It's this big, giant, you know, like when um, when uh, the Dungeon of Doom exists in WCW, and they would bring out the Yeti and bring out all these random, just giant uh, guys to Yeti. face Hulk. And and the Yeti was not good, but I'm just these random, giant guys you had never heard of. They're the ultimate solution, and uh, stuff like that. Who just it was just this big, giant monster guy whose identity doesn't really matter other than the fact that he's giant. That's what it felt like, and I thought it was right. cool. I, I hear what you're saying, and I, again, I'm fine with it, but it only works because you have a, a monster. Oh, of and course, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, exactly, I, I agree. So with here's my question for you. If you're building towards this, who would the, you know what, let's not do this. Mm-hmm. I've got a better idea. How about for our top five this week, we pick our top five guys that we would have join the Shield. Okay. That, you know, the other two to, to make up a Survivor Series team. Okay. All right? And maybe we'll just make, maybe we'll just rank one. You know what I mean? Like we won't have to try to combine guys, but for our oh, top okay, five yeah, this week, that's fine. That's fine. Individuals who we would have join the the, okay. the Shield at Survivor Series. It's fine with All me. Right. Um, um, but uh, what, go ahead. Any other thoughts on the Shield and and the Wyatts? Um, yeah. Again, I liked the match again. Yeah, you know, I did yeah. too. Uh, I thought it was like again. They, it's it's funny though because you know everyone was expecting the turn, and I feel like WWE was even playing off that a little bit at the very end there. There, there were a few camera shots that, like, Dean was staring at Roman, or Roman was staring at Dean, and you were like, oh, maybe this is it, this is it, this is it, and then it didn't have, I really feel like the WWE is playing with us a little bit, and I kind of like that. Yeah, I kind of like it, too. I kind of like it, too, that they acknowledge that it exists, and I think it adds a layer to the match that you should try to add, that you make it more compelling that way, so I'm good by it. Um, next, on Monday night, so, <laughs> boy, we really... This is remarkable. Our guest on last week's show, yeah, was Bubba Ray Dudley. Yes, it was. And sure enough, on Monday night, there's Bubba Ray Dudley. That that was something. That was uh, something. I want to I want to pull back the curtain a little bit because I think it's a neat story. Uh, my buddy Phil is the assistant general manager of the Bowie Bay Sox. He coordinated our interview with Bubba Ray Dudley last week because he was making the appearance of the the Bay Sox. And he was telling a story that, so Devon wasn't able to make it on Friday night to the game, and they rescheduled an event with Devon alone for September 2nd. So they actually end up getting two nights worth of promotion out of it. It ends up being good for them as a, a baseball team. Um, but Bubba on Friday night, like, kept reassuring Phil that Devon, dude, I swear he'll be good for the second. In, like, going out of his way, apparently. In that, like, dude, okay, we get it. Scheduling things happen. 
and Phil's like, oh, I just realized what happened. He was trying to let me know something big's about to happen, and we're trying to make sure you understand it's not going to screw up the fact that Devon's going to be here <laughs> on the second. So, um, like, it's just kind of funny when you, when you when you get a story like that. You're like, wow, that's really crazy. Um, but it was a really neat moment, obviously. It was a really, really neat moment. Um, I, I like the Dudleys back in the WWE for a little while, right? Like, for a little while, I like it. I don't like the idea of them having a year run, maybe, in the WWE. It, it, it sounds like it might. Apparently, the, the reports are coming out that it might be a multi-year contract. And that, I don't know that I love. I mean, you can say it injects some life in the tag division, but Here's I think the, it only injects life for a little while. I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not... Devon, in particular, I'm not completely sold on. I'll, I'll say this, though. These are not the Dudley boys that uh, left the, that we last saw in the WWE, and I mean that in a good way. Bubba has improved and evolved so much in his time with TNA that if they ever do decide to let him go a little bit, maybe Devon wants to go away for a little bit, they don't want to do the Dudley boys thing for two years, that Bubba can hold his own I, as I a agree singles with you on competitor. I, I agree with you on that, and I don't have a problem with that. I, in fact, I like that concept. And um, I just don't like the, – the Dudley boys, as a tag team, did not have a ton of depth. They did what they did. Right. They they Correct. powerbombed you through tables. Which is a great thing. It's oh, I'm not disagreeing with it. It's, yes. a, it's a very good thing, but there's not a ton of depth to that. Um, the only issue I have with it right now is it breaks up what had been a very yes. good streak between – I don't like the primetime players taking a back seat. And, I don't like the New Day possibly taking a back yeah, seat. Possibly taking a back seat. Well, I definitely don't like this involves immediately putting the straps on the Dudley well, boys. I don't, I don't think, think that it one will. bit. And I don't think I, it will. I don't mind the Dudley boys being involved. And I think what we're setting up for is a, it appears as though a triple threat would be the next thing that's in yeah, line. Yeah, that, that seems like it at least. And, and that's okay, but where do you go from there? Right. It's a very awkward time where it seemed like, again, and, and and let me take a take a minute or so here just to talk about how amazing the new day are. Like well, it's, it's the greatest thing that I mean, WWE has done in a very long we're, time. We're, we're talking about the Dudleys right now. When in fact, like it, it's almost frustrating that we just got to see Xavier Woods play taps on a trombone oh as his team was winning. And then the Dudleys came out. It's almost like, oh, come on, let them have their moment before you do that. Yeah. Because, oh, my God, the New Day is like, – I, here's how I put it, is that, you know, there there are times when I will complain about face-heel dynamics and, oh, no, this, this person is getting too popular. When it gets to a certain level, it's just pure entertainment. It doesn't matter whether it's a face or a heel. It's just plain entertaining. And the New Day has just crashed through that ceiling so 100%. hard that it, it doesn't matter if they're faces or heels. They are just so amazingly entertaining. A hundred percent. And and I I'll, and I mean this. It's really the best thing. And apparently by dumb luck, but I don't care because I'll give them credit for dumb luck. Dumb luck, but they ran with it. They it's ran the with the dumb luck. Best thing the WWE has done. And I mean this since the Shield. Like since uh, the Shield, this is the best thing that they've managed to accomplish because they are now setting these guys up where this thing can be so successful 
they can turn them into individual stars. Yep. Yep. It's one thing that the tag team or that the faction is succeeding at such a high level. But when you get to a point that the faction succeeds so well mm-hmm. that the individuals can become credible, now you've done something uh, amazing. Co- and Co- that's what you did with the shield. Kofi was dead in the water before the new day. He was, he was really off. He, I don't know how he wasn't released. Like his, his character was so stale and it makes you go back and wonder if this, if Kofi was capable of this all the time, what the hell has been going on? But, you know, it makes all of a sudden he's like, and Biggie looks like a genuine, like, if, if you told me that eventually six, nine months from now the New Day breaks, or even if they don't break up and Biggie is world champion, I buy it. Yeah, I buy oh, it in a heartbeat. Yeah, he has that, he has the look of a world champion. Um, he has all of it. They, they, he has all of it. You, you could make a case. That, I mean, this is one of the most entertaining things ever in wrestling, and I don't think that's hyperbole at all. It, I No, 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 no. I don't disagree with you. It, it's so funny you say that because I probably worried that I was getting carried away with a bit, but I disagree. I think this is the most wonderful, yeah. like, childlike excitement that I have had for anything yeah. in the in, other than Daniel Bryan, I guess, right? Like, my Daniel Bryan... You, you, got, you got caught up... See, here's... The, Daniel Bryan, you got caught up with it because of the real emotions, because of his real story. Right. This is just, oh my God, the New Day are coming out. This is going to be... This is a must-watch segment. It's the and most it's going to be have tonight. guaranteed entertainment. Like, yeah, Daniel Bryan, noted. some of his things weren't necessarily guaranteed entertainment. They were good for this. It was a great overall storyline. But it wasn't like every single segment Daniel Bryan did was like, okay, I have to remember this. This is going to be the segment of the week. It's, it's, that, it's, it's, it's that way point. with the New Day now. And um, the one thing that now that the Dudleys are here, and God, I pray we get this. And if we don't get this, that it is a crime. But um, the New Day parodying the Dudley family, like have the, the sign guy, you know, God, like one of them be a sign. Yeah, one guy be Spike. Or bring in Spike and have to do a three-on-three match. I wouldn't uh, hate that, but um, just have them, you know, the Dudley family is so fast. People always remember Bubba and Yvonne and Spike, but there's Big Dick Dudley, there's Sign Guy Dudley, there, there's all these different Dudleys, and if the New Day parodies the Dudleys, oh my God, that could be as good as DX parodying the nation. <laughs> um, I hadn't thought about it, but you're right, it, it could be very good. Look, I... I I'm I'm with you. I've got no you know what the funny thing is? At the end of the day, I have some concerns, but I have no beef with it. Because I still think that the New Day is going to matter each and every week. I think that the Dudleys are professional enough to play off of it for a little while. Um I think it can work. My only disappointment is it feels like this that the 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 second best thing, if the New Day is the best thing that's happened, the second best thing that's happened in the last six months is Titus O'Neill on commentary. And what whatever unfolded on Monday kind of wrecked Titus on commentary. Yeah. Like, he was not good. They were speechless almost. Now, part of that, I think, was, dude, just watch what the New Day is doing. It's amazing. Right. You know, we're I, in you, awe. You, you, you want to focus. You don't want to take any focus away from Xavier yelling whatever he was yelling at ringside. Correct. I, I hear that. I just, I worry that it... it it hurts the primetime players a little bit, and I'm still in on the primetime players. I still think they're a very good part of my wrestling show it, it, each it, and it, every week. I mean, just for, for several months now, I mean, that's been the story, is that just the, the primetime players, if this was what they were doing a year or two ago, they would be the biggest thing in wrestling, but they're not even the biggest thing in the tag division Correct. because of the New Day and now the Dunrace. No <laughs> doubt about it. All right, uh, next... 
um, Cesaro and Kevin Owens. Uh, these are two guys who are very important on the card because I feel like they're two guys who we think are at the edge of next level. Yeah. They have a match at SummerSlam. I thought it was a good match. It was I mean, a fine match. It, it, was, it was a good match. It was, you know, it was good. Yeah, I it, thought it, it was, was what good. you expected. I thought it was a little bit disappointing that the crowd just wasn't feeling it because I thought there were some really great spots in there and some stuff that nerds should have been more into. Yeah. Um, like, I really, I swear to God, it was my maybe my second favorite thing on the card outside of the the tag. Match. I mean, you, you could you could make a case that it was the best match of the night. That, yeah, that, that there's I, no. If you said that, I mean, I I might put you know maybe Cena Rollins ahead of it, but maybe, I maybe, I, right. I, have, I have no issues with you saying it if you did. Um, where do we go from here with with those guys? It, where... it's, it's really hard to tell, especially because. We got no clarification on Raw because they just did that kind of clusterfuck. We need to get these guys on. Yeah, the, I, that uh, was really bad. I hated that. But at least they didn't put it at the end of the night. They learned their lesson from well, WrestleMania. Well, yeah, but but the other thing that I hated about it too is that they sort of had Big Show turn face and then buried him again after. Like, it, I, just, I don't think it was true. I, I think it was just him getting buried. I think it was just the Big Show getting buried. I don't think it was him okay, turning all right. face at all. It was just him kind of. Getting beat up by right. every single person in that match, um, but it's all, I, I'm guessing they'll continue their feud, and I mean, I I put them right into the IC title picture, but they they love Ryback, so um, you, you got to assume that the two of them will enter some sort of a title rivalry in the near future. Maybe somehow one of them gets their hands on. Uh, the IC or the U.S. title, and then you, you have a natural feud there, or maybe you you build it way up and, and it becomes a you know whoever wins this is a number one contender to the Intercontinental title. Let's just say, let's say they have a best three out of five series, and no one would hate that, that's for sure. Um, so I, I feel like they stay together, uh, and and because I don't think that they just let Owens walk away with the win there, because I still think the spotlight's on Cesaro. Um, yeah, I think it is too. And, and I worry that anything mid-level dooms that. You know what I mean? That anytime you say that what, if their next move involves one of the following names, Randy Orton, Sheamus, Big Show, The Miz, Ryback, insert whatever other name you want to insert here, I worry that that ultimately hurts them a great deal. I, I think you need, if you're going to get them to the next level, I think you need something that feels like it matters. You can make an argument that the IC title would feel like it matters. I'd, I'd hear that out. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm a little concerned that with those two guys in particular, because those appear to be the guys, because of the work that they did with Cena, because, and you know, give John Cena credit for that, that we're saying this because of what they did with John Cena, they're supposed to be the guys that are on the edge, and I I think that the more likely scenario is that you almost have to have them take a step backwards before they're capable of taking the next step forward because you you don't and this is why I said I don't like um, staying in the title match because I I think in order to to get Cesaro to that point not you, you give him the title now but even just one title match I think helps his credibility. And I, I just don't know what you can do right now to help the credibility for either of those guys. 
Yeah, I mean that, and and that's almost why they have to stay in a holding pattern right now more than anything else, because almost anything else they do would be a step back for them at this point. Um, which is so I I don't mind if they stretch out this feud a little bit larger just until they figure out exactly okay, from this point we need to take a step. We want we want you to take a step forward. We don't want you to take a step back. So just for that reason, I'm okay with them. I don't know about exclusively feuding with each other throughout the fall, but kind of revolve around that for the fall. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I, I think that can work somehow. I don't know exactly how it can work. You, but I you, think you'd have work. to bring other people in. You you couldn't just have the two of them go at it throughout the entire fall. But but the their two storylines really intertwine with each other. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Now, lastly, the divas. Um. um it, mixed bag weekend for the Divas, let's put it that right, way. Right. Um, started off with the, the highest of highs. The highest. I thought you were saving highs. this for, uh, the, the, well, I just, I have to bring, and, and I am, I'm, cause I'm gonna talk about TakeOver for the, the non-WWE for the quick count, whatever. Um, but I, I, just because, uh, I, I feel like to tell the full story of what's going, what happened on Monday, you have to look back to Saturday. Um, and Saturday, with Bailey winning the title, was one of the most emotional moments in the history of WWE women's wrestling. Period. Um, yeah. Like, you know, you, 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 it wasn't the best match by any stretch of the, you know, it was a great match. It wasn't the best match. Um, but as far as pure emotion, people caring about the match, it being, you know, such an emotional high that it overshadowed a Finn Balor Kevin Owens ladder match. Um, it was up there. It was one of the most significant moments. You then get to Sunday and Monday, where it was more of the same, and the crowd turned on it. And the crowd went way over the line during. You, you know me. I hate the wave. I think the wave is the single worst thing. Oh, it's, the worst. In, it's terrible. Yeah. It, it's the worst thing ever. So I think that you know, a they did it, and b they, it was a terrible crowd. Well, not a terrible crowd. They overdid it with the obnoxiousness. They were an obnoxious crowd. They went from smarky to obnoxious. Okay. Um, I, I think that they did in in at times. Yeah. No. I, I, boy, I'm assuming you read uh, Brandon Stroud's piece about um, the, the crowd reaction at this point. I, no, but I might have read okay. a very similar thing because okay. I, I wrote I mean, a he lot wrote, about it. He wrote it. something really lengthy about it, and I think this deserved to have something really lengthy written about it. Um, I, I think that almost the reason why it gets to that point is because of Saturday night. Yes. That, no, I, I agree with you, and that's that, what I wrote that, about. That we can complain about the crowd all we want, and I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I understand where you're coming from. But at the same point, I think there is something very justifiable that needs to be said, which is this isn't because we have a problem with women wrestling. No, it's because the Divas Revolution, they, the, the main, the WWE writers mistook what the Divas Revolution was. The Correct. Divas Revolution on NXT, yes, it had good matches. But the good matches were secondary to what the actual revolution was, which is they treated it the same as the men's division. Every character from Bailey to Sasha to Charlotte to Becky to Dana Brooke to Emma to everybody there to Alexa Bliss has a character. There is faces. There are heels. There are storylines. They can have a five minute match on NXT and it will serve to further the the feuds further the storylines 
uh, use it for character development. Right. It was something that I wrote about in Rolling Stone back when for, Give It Is a Chance first happened. They, it was a, it was a, I think it was a six minute bell to bell match. So it wasn't one of their great matches between Becky and Bailey, but it did so much into furthering that storyline and they did it that way and it matters and they treated it like it matters. And what the Divas Revolution is not, it's not about some NXT girls coming up and getting some new blood in. That is not what it's about. It is not about having the Divas matches get more time in the ring and having random matches. It's having matches that matter. It's having storylines that matter. It's treating these five-minute matches. Don't, you don't need to give them 15 minutes. Give them five minutes, but make those five minutes matter. And that or is give what- give them 15 minutes well, and that, make it matter. I, I'm all for 15 minutes, but you don't have to. Just make the storylines matter. It's not about having matches for the sake of having matches. And I wrote about this. That was basically my entire NXT column for TakeOver was why that mattered and why the deals don't matter. And, yes, I understand that the crowd is feeling that because I feel that same way. However, the crowd was also, while I understand their rationale behind it, they also were completely over the top. Yeah, but... I, 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 I can't I, believe I, I'm about to defend them. I I'm understand gonna... the rationale. I don't condone what they did. Okay, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think this is a in one of these occasions that we talk about where I say, I'm purchasing the tickets, and I need you to know how I feel about it. Look, I don't like the crowd doing the We Are Awesome Yeah, well, thing. and I that's what that's I'm talking stupid. about. I'm, I'm saying if you were chanting We Are, you know, at the beginning of the match, they chanted We Want Sasha. Good. I'm okay with that. If you, that's how you want to show your displeasure by saying, we want this per, you know, we want Sasha. Fine. You know what? Okay. I don't hate that at all. When you degrade into, we are going to do the wave and chant, we are awesome, then you're not making a statement about the divas anymore. You're making a statement that you guys are assholes. Well, okay. It's not how I would do it. I, I do think that it accomplishes more of that than you want to admit to, and I'm not telling you it's the best way to do it, but I do think that there's something that's accomplished by it, and I, and I think, it, this is very intricate, and it's something the WWE won't possibly be able to understand because I do think there's a lot of coming back to WWE of didn't we give you what you wanted? Didn't we give you well, that? Yes. And, and it, it's, it's them just not realizing I, what it's about. I think that Saturday and the other two nights have to be looked at together, that you have to be able to see a crowd losing their damn minds. Grown men over, crying. Over what happened on Saturday. Understanding it was one of the most significant things they had ever seen to then understand the reaction of what they saw on Sunday and Monday. I think you have to have both. And I think that's the only way you can really get the message through about what the real frustration is. Look, yes, was it, was it too, you know, look at me. This is all about me. Yeah, of course it was too. This is all about me. And I don't like that about certain crowds, but I I do think that you reserve the right to say, I have a frustration. You are screwing this up. Stop it, and I need to do something. And here's the maybe problem. I don't agree yeah. with how you do it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, maybe I don't agree with how you do it, but I, I think that it's something that I understand being done. Here's the problem, though. Now, instead of the story being crowd, uh, you know, supports Bailey, crowd wants to see the Divas Revolution, it's, it, it's asshole, you know, did the crowd go over the top? The story, it, it, the the narrative has now been switched to the crowd as opposed to the Divas Revolution. So yes, you know, I wrote all. I've been I, again. The Divas Revolution sucks. 
right. I know. But it but sucks. the problem is not. But it's now. But the story is not. Is now not the Divas Revolution sucks. What is the writing staff doing? It's is the crowd justified in chanting "We are awesome" during Divas matches to show that. I don't know. I think I think we're maybe looking into this too deeply. I think the crowd has a right to say we don't like this. But they didn't say we don't like this. They, they said did. we are awesome. I know, but that that's what that means. They didn't say we are awesome because they were really enjoying what was happening in the ring, and that was the best way they could go about describing that. Um, they they did that because they were saying we don't like what's happening. In no, the I, I I can understand the rationale without with while saying they did it in a horrendous, terrible way. I I think you are being a bit too dramatic about that. I don't like the way that they did it, but I am justifying the fact that I, I don't justify it. I justify the we the we want Sasha chance. I justify the I justify it to a point, and then they went they went past that point. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're I think you're too emotional about that. It, it, it I, might and it might be it might be that I really feel like that was an asshole move to chant "We are awesome," and and it might be, but I I also fans have to realize that. What message you're sending? Are you sending we are not happy with it, or are you saying we don't like divas matches, or are you saying that but we're I just a bunch of jerks? I think that's my point. My point is the way that you can know they're not saying that we don't like divas matches is by watching the crowd from Saturday to Monday. I agree. You're that right. Both things you have to look at both things to understand why it's not a statement about we don't like divas matches. That the evidence is abundantly clear that it has nothing to do with we don't like right. women's wrestling. Right. That's that's sort of my point, that you have to have all of this. And that if you look at all of it, you can understand it's a very intricate thing, I, I just, I, which I, is we don't want Team PCB because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. Because it's stupid. It is. Because it's force-fed, mm-hmm. it's lazy, right. and it's garbage. Yep. It's garbage. And yep. you tried it out one night, and then yep. you tried it out the next, next night yep. in an even worse segment. Yep. I mean, they should have... At that moment, right after SummerSlam, broke them apart because we only care, we care about them as individuals because they have motivations. As, actually, they don't have motivations as individuals because since, because since, individuals, since yeah. they got to the WWE, they haven't had any motivations. So, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with the message. The message that this is not the Divas Revolution. This is not what we were cheering in NXT. I'm just saying that, you know, there's a difference between, you know, going, going, I understand when I, I hate to bring any sort of politics or any sort of situations into this, I understand when you are marching and saying and, and protesting. I don't understand when you are burning out stores from the inside. Okay, yeah, to, we to all agree. Well, and I, I think that this was the crowd's version of burning yeah, out that, stores from the inside. That's where you and I disagree. No, I, I, I think they, they went over harmful. the top. Well, of, of course it's not. I, I, obviously, I'm not it's even way saying more... in comparison to burning down stores. I think it's way more harmless than than where you're trying to go with it. I I, I that... think that it was it was a difference. I I I don't. I think that this was them a crowd dropping the nuclear bomb, just saying, "Hey, fuck all I, of this." I think it deserves an eye roll and not a whole lot more than that. that. I, I think know. I think but... I roll my eyes at you. Uh, suggesting that it's all about you because, again, any scenario where you're trying to make it all about you, I have beef with. But I think that using it to try to make a statement, what, did, did you want them to better choreograph, you know, a, a chant that would have said, you know, I, I, chant NXT, do better. chant NXT, okay, sure, NXT. I, I, if you did that the entire match, that would have gotten the point across pretty damn well. 
Okay, but th- again, you're asking 16,000 people to pre-coordinate. Well, apparently they can pre-coordinate the wave. They, so. they, had one, <laughs> they apparently had one guy that started. Anyway. Well, okay, well, if they can coordinate the wave, they can coordinate an NXT chant. Yeah, you're saying. <laughs> they they, right, they coordinated We Are Awesome. Let's grab a break. Let's grab a break. Aaron's got to settle down a little bit. When we come back in, we'll get to our quick count. Three stories unrelated to the weekend that, or maybe I guess well, some of them might be related yeah, to the weekend. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, that we will address. And then, uh, as promised, our top five this week. Top five people that we would push towards the shield in a hypothetical, but probably likely, shield versus Bray Wyatt summer, or survivor series matchup. This is Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, in Annapolis. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. All right, back in here. Segment number three, jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster. We have been recapping SummerSlam weekend, and we will get into uh, what are our usual segments here in uh, segment number three. 
We'll start with our quick count. Three stories that we haven't had an opportunity to chat about just yet that we feel are, though, they're important for us to chat about before we wrap it up. And Aaron, as always, um, this is our nerd center where we let you go off the reservation, something non-related to WWE. What do you have for us this week? Uh, I spent part of my weekend, and it was a great weekend, not just for WWE, but for Ring of Honor as well, who had two big shows. They had their TV tapings in Philadelphia on Friday, which I attended, and then they had their big Field of Honor uh, show in Brooklyn dur- during the same time the NXT show was going on. And uh, in Brooklyn, at least, I think they got about 2,500 people there, which when you consider it's running at the same time as NXT, running at the same time as JR, uh, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, like it's pretty that, impressive. That that's that was a really impressive turnout for uh, Ring of Honor. It definitely, uh, you know, it, it was a good sign for them. Uh, at the uh, tapings I went to at Philadelphia before it, they announced that they are renewing and doubling down on their relationship with New Japan Wrestling. Uh, they talked about how uh, New Japan was going to be part of their 13th anniversary show in in February. That. Uh, also, Ring of Honor is going out to Japan to do a couple shows oh, a weekend okay. in February. And then next May that they will be having again their probably, they didn't announce exactly where it would be, but the, the joint shows that they have uh, now, I guess, every May. And uh, they put on a great show. The, the one I saw, the TV tapings, I won't spoil anything because they will be on TV, but uh, I saw some great matches. Nakamura versus Cole was as good as you would hope it would be. The Matt Seidel, which is the former Evan Bourne versus Kushida, who is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, was uh, it was a fascinating match. One of the more fascinating matches I've seen recently because of how different it is than you might expect. I, I really look forward to that one going on TV and people getting to see it because it's a very different side of both people. Okay. Um, the the uh, I saw some great matches. I saw uh, Young Bucks take on the Kingdom. Always a good thing. Uh, when the Young Bucks are involved, I uh, read the recaps in Brooklyn, and it looks like, again, some great Matt Lethal and Nakamura. Everyone's raving about Lethal and Nakamura against Red Dragon. People are raving about Okada, who, <clears throat> by the way, I had a chance to talk to when oh. uh, I was in Philadelphia. So keep your eyes out for that one. That that was an interesting one. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the IWGP heavyweight champion Okada uh, faced Roderick Strong in Brooklyn. Brito- Briscoe's faced the Time Splitters. Uh, who are Alex Shelley and Kushida, and uh, just some really great matches, and the relationship is great between these two guys. Again, they're, they're just consistently putting on great shows. Ring of Honor's hitting a really nice stride right now, and now it's on Destination America, and it's still obviously on if you're listening in the uh, Baltimore, D.C. area. Uh, you can DVR it earlier than it's on Destination America if you tune it to the local ABC affiliate or whatever it is. But uh, uh, In Baltimore, it's WNUV 54. There you go. I know in D.C. it's shown 1 a.m. on ABC, so I always set my DVR for that. But uh, de- definitely you should start paying attention to Ring of Honor because they're hitting a real nice stride lately. Very nice. All right, uh, number two. I actually don't know where we're going with number two, so uh, you tell me. Num- number two, we, we, we touched on TakeOver. We didn't really talk about TakeOver that much as a full. We talked about Bailey, obviously, and that was legitimately a fantastic moment in women's wrestling. But there was more to it than that. Um, a, first of all, they completely sold out the Barclays there. That has to be yeah, it's noted. Incredible. Like that, yeah. that's amazing that, that, uh, NXT, which had never before run more than a, I think a 5,500 seat arena in San Jose, uh, sold out the Barclays Center. And the crowd was great. And the show was great. Uh, starting the, from moment one, moment one, uh, Tyler Breeze comes out and a bunch of models walks down the runway and escorts him out. And it was, it was beautiful. It was amazing. 
and uh, him facing Liger was very cool, getting to see yeah. Liger in a WWE ring. Again, very yeah. cool. Um, the tag titles switched. Vaude Villains are now the tag titles, which is kind of amazing, because the Vaude Villains have kind of been left for dead there for about six months. Yeah, they had been, hadn't they? Yeah, but um, they came out, they brought out Blue Pants with them, which is, again... Right, I know, that's your girl. Yeah, Blue Pants, amazing. And yeah. uh, Blue Pants now has a shirt, which is basically the laziest shirt WWE has ever done. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but... uh. No. It's 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 literally a shirt and it has a it, it's an illustration of a pair of blue pants. Now wait that, a second. I actually love that. <laughs> I mean, it's it I I'm not saying it's not great. I'm just saying it's incredibly lazy. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's the gray shirt with a pair of blue pants on it. And that's the shirt. <laughs> and it's it's kind of great. But um yeah, so so blue pants was there to neutralize Alexa Bliss and the Vaud villains are like the Vaud villains are such an odd tag team because it is such a an odd gimmick that they are you know they come out in the black and white they have right, their, their they're, little they're, music they're, they're, and right they're they're very um early 20th century uh, yeah i mean they're trying to be but it's you know obviously very much not and it, it it's odd but it's cool and i love them and aiden english has been aiden english was one of those guys who really got hurt by the expansion of nxt uh, I started watching XT before it got on the network. I, went, I, I was watching it on Hulu, and Aiden English was in position to be near the top of the card. They then moved to the network. They brought in some of the Indies guys, and a- Aiden English kind of got hurt by all, all that movement. And so for him to have success, I, I, I'm i really happy for him because he definitely deserves it. And uh, I think that they'll make good tag champs, and I, I think it kind of re- it well, shuffles Well, I'm really up excited about this um, this dusty tag com- uh, tournament. Yeah, especially because I saw some pictures that may be involved, and it seems like in addition to the teams, like, you know, the Hypros and other, other teams like that, they're, they're doing some makeshift teams, and some of the makeshift teams are potentially extremely exciting. Okay, okay. Um, I, I don't know if that was from a dark match or what exactly it was from, but I saw some stuff... Heading around where, so yeah, the, the Dusty tag team, and they have the tag division to do, especially, yes, because I assume that they'll probably also have the Lucha Dragons come back up, probably the Ascension take part in it as well. Um, so, so you'll yeah. have, so you, you have enough that you can do something good. It's a little well, some weird. Some people have wondered, did they say something like it's going to represent tag teams past, present, and future? Uh, I missed that line if they said okay, that. Okay, so I, I feel like I read that somewhere, and if that's the case, um, I think that some people have wondered if the Dudleys aren't asked to help with this somehow. That I doubt they would have the Dudleys do it, mainly because it would I think it would overshadow the point too much. Okay. Uh, if if you told me the Outlaws maybe did something, right? You know, like we've seen the Outlaws show up on NXT before. I, I feel like the Dudleys would overshadow it too much. Okay. But okay. um, if you told me the Outlaws, if you told me, you know, we, we saw Too Cool show up on NXT at one point, something like that. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could buy into that. Right. Fair enough. But um, uh, obviously the, the ladder match was great. Um, not much more you could ask for out of a ladder match. I loved one thing they did really well. Kevin Owens, you know, he had been kind of known for the ladder match in Ring of Honor. He had uh, been one of the original ladder war guys when he was teaming with Generico against the Bristol, against the Edge of the Fall, you know. And... um. He teased some of his old spots. There, there, there was one point they had towards the end where they, it was a, a full throwback to uh, Final Battle 2012, which was uh, El Generico's last match in Ring of Honor. And uh, they, they fully threw back that. And that's one of the things I love Kevin Owens doing that. He constantly has these little throwbacks to his past. But this one was a direct one, and it was great. Oh, the other thing that happened on NXT was uh, Apollo Crews debuted. Oh, right. And um, 
I'm excited because I, I, I thought they might neuter him a little bit and try to make him too much of a powerhouse and not let him use his athleticism. But the fact that they're letting him use uh, what he called, at least part of what he called the UHA combination uh, in the Indies, which was uh, it was a gorilla press into a moonsault. And then in the Indies, it was a standing shooting star. Um, they took off the standing shooting star, but its finisher was the gorilla press into the standing moonsault. Pretty cool. Like, you don't see it out of a guy that size. And if they're letting him be as like as he is big, uh, only great things for him. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, number three. Um, number three. Uh, tough enough ended. Oh right. <laughs> yes. The, uh, the the tough enough finale happened, and uh, we we have our winners. One was you could make a case he was the Josh who was who was quote unquote the Yeti. That was his nickname. Um, he had good size. He has some charisma. He's not just he's not like Big Andy who uh, was just nothing when it came to charisma. <laughs> the he actually, worst. Like, you could make a case that he was a worthy contender. Now, obviously, Patrick was probably the best. I liked Mata a little bit better. But it wasn't a complete joke, which it kind of would have been if ZZ had won, which was kind of right. everybody's Right, he was the, the, the Gator wrestler. Uh, yeah, the Gator wrestler. He was one of the finalists. So, Josh won. On the other side, um, quite frankly, they had already eliminated all the interesting girls. It came down to Sarah, who was the, the Internet favorite. She was the girl who... Paige would put into the bottom three every single time. Right. Paige hated her. And quite frankly, I don't understand what people really see it, see in her other than she kind of has. And, and this is what I've seen people write it say. She kind of, she, she's not the, the, you know, the blonde bombshell look. She, as, as I've termed it, kind of the attainable hot thing where, you know, you could kind of see her at the bar right, and kind of right. hope, okay, maybe I have a shot at this girl while <laughs> Amanda was more the, the classic, you know, WWE look. So I think that, that kind of put her over the top, but most people really didn't like Sarah. But uh, I assume Amanda's going to get a contract. I don't assume ZZ's going to get a contract, and I assume that Patrick and several of the others, uh, Gigi, on the uh, women's side, will get a contract as well. Um, okay. I, I think Tough Enough is dead. I think this has absolutely killed any hope of Tough Enough coming back because it was it was a disaster of a season. It wasn't good. It, it wasn't good ratings-wise. It wasn't good just television-wise. Like, it, it just wasn't good at it all. It just seemed like they were trying to do too much. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It seemed like they couldn't figure out whether or not it was supposed to be a reality show or whether it was supposed to be a competition or whether it, it just felt like or a wrestling show. It's it. I, and I don't know which one it is, by the way. I have no idea which of the three tough enough truly is. It, it, it's, um, it, it's and the problem is they don't know either. That, that's the problem. Right. If they had chosen, if this is going to be a reality show, that could have been a very interesting reality show, a really entertaining right. reality show. Right. If they chose, you know, we want to do 45 minutes of in-ring drills, again, that would be entertaining, too. The problem is they mixed up everything. Well, yeah, I mean, they just they tried to have it be too many things, and I just don't think that works. I think that, and again, I'm not telling you I know which one of those that show is, if it were to ever work. Um, I mean, I think the close, I, I think that Austin season came close to what it should be. Yeah, I don't know. I had no interest in it. The last time I was interested in a season was was on to MTV and I, and I think that was great too. Um, I I thought then it was more the real world. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. that's what made it work. And that might yeah. not be great for developing wrestling stars, and it also might not be great for generating social media buzz, which is what they appeared to want. They wanted this to be American Idol in right. in some way, and I don't 
I don't think that I'm interested in American Idol. I'm just not. If I was interested in American Idol, well, I'd and, and and it's something that all sports fans know from their All Star games. Fans should never be allowed to vote for anything that matters. Right. Yeah, like, that's they, true. They too. really but, should but, not but be here's allowed. Here's my point. My point is, I like singing. I like music, but I don't like American Idol. Okay. Right. Right. Like I like yeah. wrestling, but I don't like wrestling American Idol. Right. Um. The the American Idol problem to me isn't the music. I think it's the best thing they have going for right. them. It's that I'm not drastically concerned about who gets eliminated. I would probably watch talented musicians perform music every week if you gave me the opportunity to do it. You know what I mean? Like that's not that's not a bad thing in my right. mind. Every now and then I would hear about someone's performance of a song on American Idol and somebody say, Hey, it was really good and I would go find it on YouTube because I was yep. interested in that. Um I'm not interested in American Idol wrestling right. despite the fact that I like wrestling. Yep. Um, so that to me is, that was the problem to me. I'm, I'm not opposed. I'm not someone who couldn't watch Tough Enough, but I didn't watch any of Tough Enough because I had no idea what it was supposed to be. Right. Um, and I uh, liked Tough Enough and I couldn't watch this. I, I didn't watch the last two or three weeks just because it was that bad, I thought. So let's I, I, I think Tough yeah. Enough is dead. Okay. Let's get into our top five for the week. Now, I'm going to have to warn you, Aaron, that I said this would just be individual names and a couple of mine ended up being tag teams kind of naturally. It just... I'll, I'll explain to you, but naturally, I couldn't, I couldn't include it without including it as a tag team. So I have to apologize that I already ruined the bit that I created. So it's my fault. Um, our top five concept for this week, which came up sort of organically during the course of the show, if we're assuming that the two members of the Shield end up facing the three current members of the Wyatt family in a four-on-four match. If we're thinking Eric Rowan's back by then to rejoin the Wyatt family, that there's a four-on-four Survivor Series, traditional Survivor Series match between those two teams, who would we want to see hook up with the two members of the Shield for that match? That's the question that's out there. We rank it from five to one. Aaron, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start. And mine's a kind of wish. I, I put it this low. It, if it could happen, it might be my number one. But I put it low because I don't think it would happen. And that's uh, Daniel Bryan. I think oh, that wow, there, yeah. would, there would be a lot of logic in it because obviously Daniel Bryan has had his issues with the Wyatt family. And the best no really never resolved them, if you think about that's it. That's a great point. If, if you go back, he, he would fit right in with Roman and Dean. Uh, you know, kind of fit in that mold. Hell, he, you know, we talked about how Roman got his respect, and he's always been kind of buddies with Dean. The, you know, you can play off the indie thing there, and he would he would fit right in, and he'd be perfect. Now, obviously, uh, probably not going to happen for obvious reasons, but he claims that he could have gone at SummerSlam if he could have gotten physically cleared. So we don't know exactly where Daniel Bryan is right now, but if it could happen, he'd be on my list. Um, I love it. I mean, I do. I love it. It's very logical. It makes sense. But I understand what you're saying in that you can't assume it will happen. My number five is utterly ridiculous. All right. So can I just make sure you understand that? I know that my number five is absurd and impossible and there's no even way to make it happen. But I love it. Uh, My number five would be a tag team. It would be that somehow there's a world where J&J Security comes oh, back comes on the authority oh, and God. joins the Shield. Wait, why would he join the Shield against the Wyatt family? I don't Wyatt know, family? Aaron. I don't have an answer to that. See, I thought you were going to go with the New Day, and that would obviously no, be our oh, correct no, answer for no, everything. No. I, just but... want, I just want but the correct answer to everything before the New Day was J&J Security. 
And I just, I don't know, I like, I could see J&J returning as like a, a guns for hire type of tag team, right? Like if, if they're not part of the new authority, like let's say they assume they were part of the team at, at, of the authority that competes against Team Sting at Survivor Series. And, um, like Triple H is like, well, we've already got uh, three with Kane. Uh, yeah, we'll go out and get the big show or whoever instead. Um, I, I could see them then being sort of put in this place where like they're available, almost where like they're the minions. Okay. Uh, in Despicable Me. We're like, now they're just kind of for, they're available for hire. Who wants them? You know, come get them type of thing. And right. I don't know. Right. I, I I can't really justify it. I just want J&J security. Well, yes. You're number four. Uh, my number four. This, this is where I go a little bit off the reservation because it can never happen. It will never happen. And, th- th- I mean, there's just no chance of it happening. But it would play off of a lot of past things and people will get a big kick out of it. And that's if WWE reached out and re-signed Chris Hero. There is, I mean, obviously there's a lot of storyline right. there because he was originally supposed to be in the Shield. That's who CM Punk wanted to be in the Shield. They they said no to Chris Hero, but we'll put in Roman Reigns instead. And uh, so so that's what happened. Chris Hero was also his last feud before being released was with the Wyatt family. Um, so there there's a lot of, you know, I I was looking at okay, what what fun things could we do here to make the storyline viable? Someone who would possibly want to get the Wyatt family in there who has some relationship to the Shield. Chris Hero's name popped into my head, and it will never happen in a million years. But if it did, that would be damn good. Oh, I, I, I hear you, but you're right. Obviously, that's not happening. Um, my number four, again, an interesting one, because I don't know how you get there, and it also ends up being another tag team. I don't know how you get there, but I actually think this one could end up having some logic to it. And this is the other thing that I've heard talked about with this um, tournament down at uh, NXT, and that would be the reunited Dusts, uh, Gold Dust and Stardust. And I know you're saying, well, wait a second, uh, Stardust is a heel. That doesn't make any sense. Well, except for the fact that like they're weird enough that it, transitioning them back to being faces, and especially if it involves this tournament in some way and Dusty and all those things, is not impossible. And their weirdness kind of fits in with, the the Wyatt family, right? Like that there's something about that all of this is just weird enough that I feel as though it could work. That the shield needing two two people that kinda are out there, like that they say, Hey look, we, we we've got the physical part figured out, but it's we need someone who can get the, in their mind. Yeah, how do we get in the Wyatt's minds? And that the dusts would be a logical way to go about doing that. So again, it's a reach. Yep. But the dusts are my number four. All right. Uh, my number three is this would be, you know, looking to put him in a big match because presumably this would be a pretty big match at Survivor Series, and that's throwing Cesaro there. Yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, I, I don't think I have to say much about why, it, you know, it would work. It would work because you're looking for a not tippy-top face, but a face that would fit in with Demon, Dean and Roman on that level and could face the White family. Now, it wouldn't work perfectly because he just doesn't seem to fit. Why, frankly, Cesaro doesn't seem to fit in the same world that Bray Wyatt uh, occupies. They're just so utterly different, which actually could be why. It's, it, you know, you, you need someone who won't be affected by mind games who just wants to beat the crap out of somebody. There's Cesaro, you know, all of a sudden Cesaro is there. Hey, there, there's a perfect foil to the Wyatt family. Um, you'd, you'd have to go through a, a few uh, hoops there, jump through a few hoops to get there, but it would be entertaining. Okay. I mean, I, I, I like it. Um, He's not on my list because, again, I, I feel like I want him going in a different direction. But it does 
it does accomplish something, and you'd be right. And so I, I would have no problem with it. Uh, my number three is kind of similar. It's just a guy that we haven't talked about as being as close. I think that this would be a jump for him, and that is if, in the scenario that I presented earlier, where perhaps um, the the primetime players get a little drowned out in the tag division, I love Titus O'Neil by himself sort of jumping into a singles big-time picture in a match like this, I would think it would have to be Titus without Darren Young in order for it to work. But I think that Titus, I told you before, I don't really understand how Titus has never been an individual star in the WWE. Right. And I think that this is the type of thing that could help push him in that direction. Yeah, I, and, I, and I get that, and I'm okay it's just with an pushing Ill, it's Titus. An, I just, right, I, it's I, an I, illogical... I hate, and I, I, I just hate the idea of breaking up the primetime players. Well, I get it. I mean, I, I, I get that. Um, it, it's more out of a... If that's sort of if if the primetime players kind of end up running their course, they're not going to run the their course boys. in two months though. I hope you're right about that, Aaron. <laughs> I really hope you're right about that. I just I'm very worried that they get overshadowed in this process. Um, so my number two is they're, they're there. You'd have to do a lot between now and then to even possibly make this happen, and it's not going to happen. But I guess hypothetically, possibly it could. You'd have to do a lot, though. Uh, Seth Rollins. Just bring yeah. Seth Rollins back. Yeah, you know, yeah. It would have to be a situation where, let's say, I, he loses. Let, let's say he loses to Sting. Let's say, um, or, or Sheamus cashes in on him, and he's, he's out of, like, you know, if Sheamus did it, like I said before, Sheamus cashes in as the new authority champion of... You know, you'd have to go through everything so quickly. Right. Yeah, and, and then turn him face. But then to, to bring him back and have the shield versus the new Wyatt family um, in the Survivor Series, yeah, um, I'm all in on that. If, if they could make it work. Uh, yeah, There's a lot you would have to do yeah, with that. We'd all be in on it, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my number two, who's – let me just present this scenario. Braun Strowman is, spends the next two months being an unbeatable monster. Okay. Right, like yep. that. While Bray Wyatt is still the leader of he's, the Wyatt he's, he's family, the mo- he's the brains. Braun is the brawn. Yeah, like bro- <laughs> huh? how about that? There we that, go. That Braun Strowman becomes the guy, like the unbeatable monster. Who's someone that's kind of a monster himself that we've thought about wanting to see turn face and really kind of already has. Uh. Uh, Rusev. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go with Ryback. I was like, wait, he's already a no, face. No, he's full face. And yes, he, I know. That's what nobody, was confusing. And nobody really likes Ryback. Well, well no, that is a completely lie. That is a completely other lie. No, no, no. The fans do. We don't. Um, I love the idea of Rusev kind of becoming more of a face and being a higher gun in this situation, right? That we are really struggling with Braun Strowman. Um... But we think you could help us out with that. We think that you could help neutralize our Braun Strowman problem. And and Rusev, again, who's kind of felt like a face at times this summer, right. may be becoming more of a face in the next couple of months. That's my thought process of how you make that work. Yeah, I, I could or say maybe you, even you, you'd, you'd have to do it. You'd have to do it in a pure APA way, where he is literally he doesn't like them, but he is a hired gun. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that, and I think that that can work. I think it can work. It, You're number one. Uh, my number one. I, I was thinking about someone who could take that. I, I was kind of thinking the same way of the monster, and I went back to thinking, what was the shield? The shield was a way to debut people, to put them together, and make an impact immediately. And so my 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 go-to at this point for any time I want someone interesting, uh, and I think it would fit, especially if you're looking for someone to potentially neutralize someone like Braun Strowman, would be Samoa Joe. Oh, wow, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to kind of what the shield was, which is these three guys coming up from NXT and running roughshod. Uh, there's the connections to NXT there. They can reach down to NXT and say, look, this guy, he's the Samoan submission machine. He is Samoa Joe. And by the way, who I didn't mention in the Detroit Takeover, had a really good match against Baron Corbin. Seems to be a, very, a reinvigorated Samoa Joe. You have him come on to, to neutralize Braun Strowman as a guy who, okay, if he's going to, because it looked like he's going to be using some variation on the sleeper or whatever, some sort of right. choke. You know, get Okay, here's the master. He does the coquina clutch. We are going to bring him in as as our ringer like that. I like it. I like it, but I've got one better. Is it Xavier um, Woods? Xavier no, Woods would Xavier. be better. It's not Xavier Woods. But this actually plays into something that you suggested earlier. Um, you suggested this possibility of someone that could just kind of show up every now and then, need no explanation, and just be thrown into something for a little while, and Brock Lesnar could do that. And Brock Lesnar could absolutely, this could be the way that you use him for a week. That if you've got one appearance from him and you can pull this off, right, where it looks like right at the last moment, the Shield hasn't been able to find anyone. It's going to have to be a four-on-two type of matchup, a four-on-three, whatever it is. And then on that Monday night, they're like, oh, that, you know, here's the thing. We actually found a friend. Right. And, again, Brock Lesnar, who may be a face right now, maybe a heel, I don't really know, but I don't think it's a big deal. I think that that wouldn't change just because he reunited with the Shield for one match because I think we'd all shit our pants so much that we wouldn't care after that point. Pretty much. So my number one would be Brock Lesnar, which, again, I realize isn't happening, but, God damn it, it would be amazing if it did. All right, there's our five. There you are. All right, um, we have no one to thank this week because we had no guests. Instead... Well, thank you for listening. We'll also thank you for the Yeah, absolutely. Thank WrestleCrate for everything they do for us. WrestleCrate.com. Use that code JO sent me. Get 10% off. Um, we did not do a good job of being active on Twitter this week. No, we didn't. We're, we're going to work on it. We're, we're slowly, yeah. but we, yeah. we, we will Let's... work on it a little bit. And this and, probably would have hoping... been, been a good week for us to be doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, right. and I still expect to have some sort of interesting announcement on our Twitter account, so follow it at right. Jobbing Out Show. At Jobbing Out Show, email us, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Hey, next week we'll do another uh, Howie Knoll giveaway. How about that? There we go. Um, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com, at jobbingoutshow. Aaron, your individual Twitter and what you have coming up at uh, uh, Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. The A. Oster. I don't have anything necessarily scheduled, but I do want you to go back, check out uh, some of the articles at Rolling Stone. I had uh, the Finn Balor article come out most recently, so check that out. I had the Sergeant Slaughter at Baltimore Sun. and uh, Check out my recaps from TakeOver and SummerSlam. And raw because I, I went a little as much as I ranted about the uh, the Bailey thing. I think I, I put it a little bit more eloquently in my uh, article at the time. Is just why that mattered so much. Okay, very good. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio as well. Uh, everybody have a great week. This has been for Aaron Oster. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. <laughs>